My name is Jamie Piles. I joined Samaritan in December of 1996. We were homeschooling our kids and we were already thinking outside the world's box, if you will. And I saw a little tiny classified ad about this new kind of idea I'd never heard of before. My first reaction was, that's the kind of thing that we would do, isn't it? And so I finally called the number, talked to them, and the more I asked them questions, the more I liked their answers. Hey, y'all, it's uh, Monday. We think. We think. Likely, the way things are going to go Unless today. you're in Australia. Uh, unless, and then, is it Tuesday? Yeah. There? Okay. Already. Hey, throw a little shrimp on the barbie. All right. <laughs> we got a great interview coming. And welcome to Cosmo Politics on the Pilot Peace Network. Pastor Toby Chuck Knoxon oh, on the no. water boy. Oh. <laughs> I sound like, what's that British oh. guy? We, uh, um, uh, uh, I'm uh, the water boy. Stop um, it. The mission of Armored Republic is to honor Christ by equipping free men with tools of liberty necessary to preserve their God-given rights. In the Armored Republic, there is no king but Christ. We are free craftsmen. Body armor is a tool of liberty. We create tools of liberty. Free men must remain ever vigilant against tyranny wherever it appears. God has given us the tools of liberty needed to defend the rights he's bestowed upon us. Armored Republic is honored to offer you those tools. Body armor. Visit them at AR, the number 500-500-armor.com today. We're really uh, grateful to have with us on the show, Evelyn. Oh, Evelyn, we're so sorry. Oh, we're so sorry. Australian Christian conservative political commentator and writer. I said journalist earlier. And, yeah, and, well, I'm going to ask her about that in yeah, a second. I know. She with was the cow drawn pool. She, she, was not, what? she was not very excited about that. Evelyn Ray, thank you for joining us on Cross Politic. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. And I must say that was a hideous attempt at the hideous accent. You sounded more English than <laughs> Australian. You got to get more bogan and you might get there. What, what do you mean? Bo- what do you mean bogan? <laughs> <laughs> you have it's like it's like what you call a hick or a, or a yank or something like in your oh, yeah. country. I we're, would do that. We are called bogans. <laughs> bogans. More, <laughs> more, more bogan. More white trash. Yeah, that's good. I'm, that's totally <laughs> where I came from. Basically, yes. That's our people. <laughs> it's getting very comfortable right in here. Evelyn, um, what is Cauldron Pool and uh, what's, your, what's your goal with that website? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. Um, It's interesting you had a body armor um, ad come up, and I'll I'll link that in shortly, but we're not allowed to actually even purchase or have body armor in Australia. So that's the sort of country that we're living in, and that's kind of part of the reason why Cauldron Pool was started because there's really not any Christian conservative um, sort of platforms over here that are also interested in culture and politics and things like that. So back in 2017, we had something over here called the same-sex marriage plebiscite, and we had to basically have the whole country hand in votes whether they wanted to vote yes or no. And Cauldron Pool sort of came out amongst that saying it's okay to say no and um, gave Christians and conservatives, not just Christians, but more conservative right-wing people a platform to kind of have a voice um, because we are a very agnostic, very atheist country over here. It's very godless in comparison to America and other places Mm -hmm. in the world. So that's where it came out. Um, And I sort of started writing there under a pseudonym at the time because I was employed by the police. Um, So I wasn't really allowed to um, 
publicly comment on anything or any, have any opinions apart from the government. So I wrote under a pseudonym and then when I resigned from the police by choice, um, I sort of came out of the closet and I think I shocked a few people. I think they thought I was a middle-aged obese man in my mum's basement, but <laughs> I was in fact <laughs> me after all that. So that's sort of where it came from. And our goal is to give Christians um, a, a voice in a very godless country. Wow. But but you, um, uh, I mean, you're allowed to have a voice still or have opinions apart from the government in Australia. Is that still allowed? I don't know, actually. <laughs> That's why I'm kind of hiding out from the government because they don't, I think I'm on their hit list uh-uh. for the last few years with everything. But it, I posted something on Twitter yesterday and I actually had to steal the, the video from somebody else's page and paste it on mine without their comments because the comments that that particular person wrote would have sent me into prison over here. So that's I have to keep these things in mind when I'm commenting on things, when I'm posting things. There's more than one way to skin a cat, so I'm still in the game, but I'm being clever on a legal standpoint with how I word things and how I articulate things on the internet. So you, so there really isn't like a concept of like free speech. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah. In Australia that there is here. No. What, what's we have the zero law? free speech. What's the law? What, what, I mean, what can you, how do you function in knowing what you can say and not go to jail? Well, thankfully, because of my background, I'm pretty handy at reading legislation and laws. So mm. we have anti-discrimination laws over here. We have hate, spe- hate speech laws over here. So I can usually open up the law part code and look at the technical wording and go, hmm, if I word it like this or like that. If you actually go on the internet in your own spare time or now, if you like, it's um, we had an Australian Christian commentator um, get arrested and um, she's going to court actually now from the police uh, for calling a man a man and a woman a woman. She actually, her name's Kira Lee Smith and she runs an organization called Binary um, (laughs) over here in Australia. And she, her whole, um, you know, organization is basically bringing awareness to the transgender issues. And only this week, there's a a photo of her on the internet getting arrested by the police over here in the state of New South Wales for literally calling a spade a spade. Wow. So how long has it been? Do you guys ever have like free speech and stuff like that? Has it always been like that? Or how? And I guess I'm asking because if it's always been like this, then to see somebody get arrested seems like, yes, good for you. I'm glad you're doing that. These people are starting to break the traditions that we have. But if you ever have had free speech, then you have to be looking at it and saying, whoa, what is going on? We have freedom of speech. Nobody should be getting arrested for this. So what? How, have you guys always been like this? Yeah, so we actually have. The difference being is it hasn't been spotlighted and there's not really been anyone over here pushing it as much as there is now. So if you look at COVID, for example, a lot of people were saying, how did we get here as a nation? How is it that we're segregating based on vaccine? How is it that children are being segregated? They're not allowed to play sports or anything mm. you know, related to outdoor activities with other children unless they're being vaccinated. How is it that we've got here? Well, it's interesting. We've been here for a long time because back in the 80s, 
years, we actually had legislation introduced which said if a child hasn't had their childhood immunizations, they're not allowed to go to daycare, they're not allowed to go to school, they have to be vaccinated to participate in certain wow. things. And parents who decide not to give their children the childhood vaccinations, they're not allowed to go on welfare or anything or have any assistance from the government in terms of monetary payments for their children. So we've had the segregation here for a long time. Mm. And I, I've said this, and I said this throughout the pandemic, we've always lived with this many idiots. We've just never been tested until now. No. And I think that's true where we are. Like our country was literally founded as a penal colony. It was literally a second chance for convicts from England coming out here as <laughs> criminals. The government saying, here's your second chance. You have to do A, B, C, and D, and you can have a new life. So our foundations um, were not built on freedom and liberty and, you know, God above government, similar to like the US. We were very much the God is our government, uh, uh, is, the, is our government. The government are giving us a second chance. We have to do everything that they tell us to do or else we're going to go back to England and rot away in a prison cell. And so that's kind of like this generational curse that I think has been brought down through generations where governments, our mum and dad, and that's why they treat us over here like children. That's interesting. So then you guys have to have a different ear that you hear this whole conversation around Christian nationalism. Right. You guys have to uh, uh, take that in a little different. How do you guys absorb that conversation? Well, over here, they've um, sort of, you know how anti-vax has become like a new word that's meant to attack people's character as opposed to just speak facts and truth. Well, over here, our leftist groups and our sort of more liberal groups over here have labelled us Christo-fascists. Yeah. So we are deemed anyone who thinks, um, you know, that <laughs> Christian nations are, are the best, we're, we're fascists. And our, our uh, mainstream media over here, The Guardian, which is our equivalent to like as trashy as CNN type thing, um, they actually put a hit piece on Cauldron Pool. You can look it up. It's incredible. It talks about us as being fascists over here. Uh, and it, it basically talks about us being domestic terrorists uh -huh. um, over here. In Australia, they just labelled people who were anti-vax, that whole movement, as domestic terrorists. I am literally a domestic wow. terrorist, hmm. according to the government in my own country. And Christian nationalism is starting to get that feel over here. There's a real push from these liberal progressive groups to label us as extremists and put us in the same bracket as Nazis. So, wow. so then how wow. do you go about with the country that's so, that's fascinating. You know, sometimes you look at the conversations we're having over here in America and these are just conversations kind of for fun in one sense. I, we see they're going somewhere, but we're not in the, the heart of the fight, you know? But then I hear about where you're at. You don't have free speech. So I'm guessing you don't have second, like we have the second amendment, no guns for y'all, right? Y'all don't get no guns. Yeah. Okay. No. So, so yeah, then, no so then you, there's a different mentality. or body armor. Because if you don't have guns, you don't need body, body armor. armor. So or body armor. It's very logical. Right? I, I'm wondering if you can even have a knife. You can have a big knife, right? That's still legal. This is a knife. No, you're not allowed no. to. What? Are you serious? Crocodile Dundee. How does yeah. that dude exist in modern times? <laughs> He was a vigilante, okay? He, he, he was on the government hit list. That he was guy. a Christo-fascist um, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, kind of makes no, but like this him. is how extreme it is with even self-defense. So I was in the police and um, there, there were a number of times where I was at a moral crisis where someone would break into somebody's home and if the, the man of the home punches him in the face, you literally go to court to, and, the, and the courts decide whether that punch was too much, whether that was too excessive in force. Um, and 
I've had multiple occasions when me as a female police officer, I've had my face completely broken and shattered. I had my nose broken, my eye socket broken, bones were out of my face, stitches across my face. Um, and it was deemed that the men who were around me at the time, that we were too excessive with how we responded to this. So this is what we're dealing with over here. And I actually have done a lot of videos on self-defense as a woman, as uh, if you're a mother with children, like things to be helpful for. When I resigned from the police, I actually went into like private military stuff and I did personal protection and things. And so I tried to use those skills to help you know, women and children and families, how to sort of protect themselves if they travel overseas where it's a different culture to what they're used to. And I gave a video about how a helpful way if you're in a country and you don't know the laws, you get your keys and you put your keys through your fingers and you can hold hold on to that and that can be used as a weapon. I got in trouble for that because mm. I'm not allowed to even promote ideas of self-defense over here in this country. Oh. So that's sort of what we're dealing with. Wow. You can't, um, you're not allowed to have pepper spray over here, you're not allowed to have <gasps> knuckle dusters, you're not allowed to have have anything that can be used as a weapon. If I just carry around a baseball bat, but I'm not going to use it to play baseball and I, I literally use it as self-defense, I will get arrested for having an unlawful weapon. Oh my so goodness. they're the laws that we have over here. Um, it's quite I'm a Christian extreme. Nationalist and, now. Um, I'm a Christian nationalist now. All right, you heard it. You heard it here. If that's where the other option is, yeah. I'm not that. Yeah. Whatever the yeah, yeah, that's good. Go ahead. Hey. This year, our oh. Fight, Laugh, Feast conference is at the Ark Encounter. It's going to be at the Ark Encounter in Kentucky on the politics of six-day creation. Mm. The politics of six-day creation, if you're saying, what is that? Well, it's the difference between a fixed standard of justice that's grounded in the created order that God made. And that includes like free speech. Right, yeah, and things right like to that. defend Body yourself. armor. Yeah. 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 And, a and, knife. And it's, it's the difference between that and a, and a careening standard of justice because if, 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 it didn't, if it's not established by God in the nature of things, then people just make it up as they go along. It's and you the, can't carry a baseball bat. <laughs> wow. Or pepper spray. The wow. difference between the corrosive relativism that creates mobs and anarchy and apparently Australia and the freedom of objectivity, <laughs> truth, and due process. The politics of six-day creation establishes the authority and the sufficiency of God's word for all of life. From what is a man, what is a woman, when does human life begin, how is a human society best organized? All that is found in the first three chapters of Genesis. So come here, Ken Ham, Pastor Doug Wilson, yes. Dr. Ben Merkel, mm -hmm. Dr. Gordon Wilson from Riot and the Dance fame, uh, Joe Rigney. Uh, we will, of course, be there uh, polishing everything off with a live cross-politics show on something that's going to blow your mind. And so mark your calendars for October 11th through the 14th as we fight, laugh, and feast with beer and psalms, our amazing lineup of speakers, rowdy Christian merch is going to be there, a whole lot more. Come on out. Go to flfnetwork.com and register today. I'm just going to say that whole ad hits different after everything Evelyn just got to talking about right. with Australia. I know. I, you, you know, you accept refugees. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome to come on, sis. Yeah, we, we, we will comp your tickets um, if you can make it over here. So, so but knowing everything you just told me, you know, we think we have our work cut out for us here in America with what we've seen because we've fallen so far. But you guys have never had it. What does it look like then to try and build something where the gospel permeates itself all the way from the common household to the government. 
It over here, it almost looks impossible. And I don't want to be a defeatist. Um, I don't like pessimistic Christians um, and who doubt the success of the Great Commission and the gospel, right? But there is a there was a point, um, and there still is this like elephant in the room where it's like, is it safe for me and and you know my immediate family to escape while we can? Mm. Is is it safe to fight this battle from? over oceans where the government can't physically touch me because we have legislation over here which was brought to light during COVID, um, which basically says that the government are allowed to break into your home, they're allowed to physically hold you down, they are allowed to remove your clothing, including your underwear, and they are allowed to inject you with a vaccine or a medical treatment if they deem fit. So that is literally our legislation. You can look it up. I wrote an article about it. Mm. Um, during COVID. And so this, and the scary part about this legislation, it was written in 1956. And then it was later translated into the new amended legislation in 2016. But this was well before the pandemic. Mm. This 2016 was the, the most recent one, but that legislation was taken from 1956. So our government have always been like this. This has always been here. And 2016 is what... <laughs> four or five years before the pandemic. So it's like they always had this here, right? And it's just by the mercy of them that they haven't done that to us and our families yet. Mm. So a part of me is like, do I escape when I can? Because if COVID 2.0 happens or monkeypox or tomato pox, whatever it is they come up with next, <laughs> is that going to be the moment where the government go, I know how far I can stretch the rubber band before it snaps. And with Aussies, it doesn't snap. We can keep stretching them and stretching them because we've literally psyoped them into thinking that the government is their God and their parent. So, yeah, that's sort of where I'm at at the moment. I think it's a healthy uh, thought to have as a Christian um, who's stuck here kind of thinking about the future um, because, I mean, I can scream into the internet and, and do that and I can I can do my part within, you know, my own four walls of my home and things, but is it unsafe for my home to be planted here on this soil in this country? I, I don't have the answer to that question yet. Mm. Evelyn, you've, uh, you've alluded a couple of times to a previous work for the police. Um, you mentioned, you know, having your face broken in various um, incidents. Um, I'm, I'm curious as a, as a, as a Christian woman, as you know, number one, um, um, you know, I don't know how much you can tell us about that, but, um, you know, what was, you know, what were you doing? What was, what were you doing? <laughs> I mean, that, I mean, that's, that's a good se- question. <laughs> several levels, I guess. I mean, I just, I am curious, what were you doing? What was the work that you were doing, um, in particular? And then, you know, um, and then how do you, um, how do you think about that? Maybe as, you know, if, if you were talking to, mm. um, other, um, you know, maybe young ladies or something like that, I mean, is that the sort of thing that you would uh, encourage, um, uh, Christian girls to consider, um, as a career? Absolutely not. No, <laughs> no, no, no. So I joined the police when I was 18. I would say wow. it was probably rebellion against my father, if I'm completely honest. So yeah. I grew up in a Christian home with a Christian family. Um, they're very sort of Arminian, not reformed. They think I'm a little bit loony now because I'm a Christian nationalist, theonomist <laughs> who uh, went against the government. So I'm a bit of a black sheep in my own Christian family. Uh, but I grew up, yeah, very Baptisty, um, Arminian Baptist with my family. Very Left Behind series was like our weekend. We'll do that. So that was just to paint the picture. And my father served, right, in a couple of capacities over here. 
um, and um, not in the police, but he served. And so I, you know, um, he's a very hard man. And so I grew up always wanting to get his affirmation, right? Mm. And I was like, Dad, I'm going to, I want to do what you do when I turn 18. And he's like, you will not do what I do. You will embarrass our family and women shouldn't do this job. And I was like, oh. How could my father say that? It's like, oh, I'm going to join the cops then. <laughs> Stuff, Dad. <laughs> um, so that was sort of how I you got won. into it. I, I do not recommend this at all. But so I joined the police at 18. I literally was on my provisional driver's license. Um, mm. I had just left school. I had no life experience. And I was thrown into an area of Australia that had the highest crime, violent crime rates in all mm. of Australia as oh well. My so it was, yeah, it was pretty full on. Um, and I would say I definitely wasn't a Christian at the time. I think I thought that I was, but I look and I'm like, I was not bearing good fruit. And I do not think I was truly generate. But I had a colleague of mine um, shoot herself in the head in front of me. I, I had to try to wrestle the firearm from her mm. and it didn't work. And that was quite horrific. And that was in my early 20s. And that kind of really snapped me out of where I was at. Um, and that's truly when I think I gave my life to God. And um, interestingly, my grandparents um, were Presbyterian. And I didn't even know this because my parents were very Baptist-y, Arminian. And I started to get really close to my grandparents who were Presbyterian, Westminster Confession of Faith. Hey. Um, and my pop actually passed away. And when I went to his church um, for the funeral, um, I started then going to that church. And that's when I really got into Reformed theology and my whole life changed. Like for the first time I saw the Bible and it was just incredible. But I was unmarried and childless and so I just kept going on with my life and the police didn't think anything of it. Um, and then, yeah, I got to a point in my life where I thought this is probably a bad idea doing this. Uh, if I want to have multiple children, I want to homeschool. I don't want to put them in the education system. I want to raise little Christian nationalists. It's probably not a good idea because I was a Christian nationalist, I would say, before it was cool to be one. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Um, so, um, and, yeah, I kind of had to make a really big decision because I didn't know anything else. And sadly it had become part of my identity as a woman, which is so against womanhood and what the Bible puts out before us. And so this was like a real, I just had to cut that branch off. You know, like it says, if you if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out of your head, cut it off. It was one of those things where I just had to not think about it, just cut it off. And I would never, ever, ever recommend that a woman does what I did. I went undercover in prisons. I was an undercover operative. And for the rest of my life, I have now put potentially, uh, you know, my future and my children and grandchildren in harm's way because of a silly choice that I made in rebellion of my father when I was 18 years old. And that's something I have to live with. I have to change how I do a lot of things because of that. And I would never recommend it for a woman to do it. But it's interesting. There were so many good things that I did in the police that only a woman could do. There are undercover things where I was working in child abuse, where I locked up pedophiles. I had to, back then I was a little bit younger, so I could pull it off, but I could look like a teenager if I wanted to. And it's like, if I didn't do that, we wouldn't have caught that pedophile. Mm. If I didn't speak to this rape victim, she wouldn't have disclosed what, what her father did to her because she only wanted to speak to a woman. So my struggle now is, is there a place for a woman in the police but not in the front line? But right. then my, also I'm like, I think that women's place should be at the home raising their, their children. So it's a, I'm struggling. 
I definitely don't think women should be on the front lines and I would never promote that. Um, but I'm struggling to think, is there a place for women to have some kind of, I guess, contribution to other spaces within law enforcement to help women out? Mm -hmm. And does that fall under the Titus too? And so this is where I'm battling because I've had, I I did 12 years in in the police and um, there's a lot of experiences there and a lot of things I've been through. I'd love to write a book about it, but I think you hit the nail on the head, Toby. How do I do that without getting little girls to go, that sounds so cool. (laughs) I want to, you know, bust a a, a drug run and, and, you know, fire a gun and la, 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 la. How do I present my experiences without making it attractive to young women. And that's what I'm struggling with at the moment because I definitely do not think it's good for a woman to see the things that I've seen. Like I've seen that many dead bodies and that much death, babies, children. You have no idea the things that I have to carry around forever. And it's almost desensitized me to a lot of things that I think Mm. women should be sensitive to. So that's currently where I'm at with my thoughts on it. And that's that's a really really honest raw yeah. thoughts and 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 I think in many ways just actually really glorious yeah really glorious and really refreshing um I, th- I think there's there's a um God clearly used that in your life and has used it all the way down to the present um to to make you uh the woman that you are and and doing um really um, good work. Um, now I hesitate to say as a journalist, as a, what was the word again? I forgot. Yeah, why don't you be a journalist? <laughs> um, the, uh, but, but I just, I like to scream into the internet. <laughs> there, we, yeah, there you go. But I, but I just, no, but I think also your, your questions there and seeing maybe those, those, um, those areas where as a woman, you were able to play a, a crucial role and a, and a unique role, I think absolutely should be, um, you know, a mature Christian society has to, uh, would be in a position to, you know, answer and, and maybe discuss those things. Assess, and yeah. um, the, unfortunately we're in such an mm. immature and infantile um, backwards um, yeah. Western world that yeah. all, all we have is, I mean, we're, we're at the point where it's, you know, again, the, the tranny stuff, the um, you know, the look, look at me, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm mighty woman, you know um, you know, busting up th- these guys in the military or, or what, whatever um, it's, um, it's insane. We live in clown world. And, um, mm. and so I think, um, it's unfortunate that we we're, we're, we're not even in a place where we can have a sane conversation about the kind of things that I think you're suggesting. But, you know, I think if jail, um, can, can hammer a spike into, uh, Cicero's head in her tent, then I think there's probably a place, <laughs> a place for uh, cunning women, um, to protect other women and children. Um, uh, in the ways that you have described, but I, I really, really appreciate um, the fact that you've, you know, you you're, you you see the the tensions there while seeing the big picture clearly. Yeah. That, that you know your glory as a woman is uh, called to motherhood and homemaking and and the and the and the power that's inherent there. Um, I think is is glorious while re- recognizing that maybe it's it's not you know there's more to the conversation. There's there's more to explore. Mm. I think in a in a in a in a Christian culture, but. Yeah. Um, it's hard to have that conversation without everything going sideways right now. Uh, yeah. Um, you want to ask about journalism? No, I, or, or, I just, I did want to know why you don't like the, the term journalist, but I, I want to couple with that. Um, Cause we're wrapping up here, but I want to know how the health of the church is there in Australia. Cause you know, you're talking about escaping, <laughs> you know, but if you have, and you, you know, went, and you went from left behind to Presbyterian. Right. Right. Yeah. So there's some sort of something there that has some great, but what's the health of the church like in Australia? 
I think we're pretty sick. I think it's a worse disease than COVID in the church, unfortunately. So COVID really kind of put under the microscope a lot of the fractures that I think were already existing in the church in Australia. So we are very agnostic as a nation, but, you know, we produced Hillsong, which I would like to first and foremost apologise for. To the <laughs> Thank you. I was waiting for that. But- <laughs> Somebody needs to apologise. <laughs> but, you know, that's the sort of apology that I would say is most popular in our country, very Pentecostally, very AOG, Australian Assemblies of God, very charismatic, not like, to be honest, like people would drive around with Jeremiah 29, 11 on their bumper sticker over here, having zero clue for the context of that <laughs> verse. I'm like, you might not put that there if you actually understood that verse. No. But, you know, that's sort of our weak, sort of diluted Christ over here. Mm. Um, and, Interestingly, when I became Presbyterian and I became catechized in the Westminster Confession of Faith and I became a theonomist, I got Rushduni pilled a long time ago. Mm, I was like, I'm literally an alien in my own country. <laughs> like no one mm. thinks like this except for me and my immediate family and little circle of people around me. Um, and you feel very alone over here. And even Christians turn their back on you. Even the Presbyterian church does. Mm. And we found that out during COVID because the Presbyterian church of Australia segregated based on vax mm. and did the sacraments in their basement via Zoom. Oh. That's literally what the Presbyterian church was doing. And so wow. you think you find a little home and then you get tested and you're like, I don't even have a home in my own home now. Where do I fit? And so mm. um, we've seen by God's grace, because of this, we've seen, um, I guess, wolves in sheep's clothing, which is all, which is always good. But we've also seen a couple of ministers over here, and that's the sad part about it. I could probably count on my fingers how many, but we've seen a few ministers over here break away from, I guess, the denominations of these churches and begin their own churches, like reformed churches and plant churches. My, um, I have a family member who actually started one um, and the first, he, he literally was not allowed to preach in his own pulpit because he was unvaccinated and his wife and their children weren't even allowed to attend their own church because they were unvaccinated. So he began his own sort of church and praise God, the first week, cold starting him and his kids and his wife um they had 30 people show up That's all awesome. refugees from other churches looking wow. and seeking and being hungry for something else and now they're looking to have to get a new building because they cannot fit mm. the amount of people and Praise it's only God. been open for since the beginning of the year yeah. and there's already like over 60 70 people going like praise wow. god um, and these are all people who are getting good theology they might have come from pentecostal church but they thought something's not right about right. the response to covid so they've come to him and i'm like ah good good job you can <laughs> rush doony pill them too but it's happening it's it's happening right and yeah. um there's a few good churches in Queensland and Michael Foster is actually coming to Australia in September yeah. yep. and he's going to some of these churches that I'm mentioning and talking at them and we're hosting him yes. um, and we're hoping that it encourages and, you know, courage is infectious, right? And yes. courage culture is infectious. And so that's what we're trying to inspire with the Australian church because there was a time when our churches were saying, 
you're not allowed to stand up and sing. You have to sit to sing because if you stand, COVID will get you. That's mm. how, how ridiculous our church is. And, you know, the minis- few ministers that did speak out against the VAX segregation during COVID, the Church of Australia collectively attacked those ministers. That's oh, how yeah. incredibly sad it is. But, you know, when, when God speaks, um, you know, the, the mountains shake and tremble. And I guess it's like that right now. If you're not rooted in something eternal, if you're not rooted in so scriptura, you're going to fall off the shelf as mm. soon as God speaks. And that's not what I think is happening. God's clearing off the shelves and only the ministers who are rooted in sola scriptura, in the eternal are uh, holding. And I, I'm hoping and praying that it's the birth and an era of new shepherds in Australia. It's very, very, very baby, t- not even toddler, baby, baby, newborn phase but I'm hoping and praying that it takes off over the coming years. Otherwise, I will get in a canoe if I have to <laughs> with my family and I will canoe over to Moscow, Idaho or somewhere else over there that will take we me. You. <laughs> What's your website that people can write, listen, or sorry, read some of your writings of from? Yeah, All listen. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's a yeah. podcast there too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's the website people can go to? Yeah, so it's cauldronpool.com. It's not cauldron like the witch cauldron. It's cauldron from uh, Narnia series, C-A-L-D-R-O-N, pool.com. If you go there, you'll find my podcast, my articles, and everything else. But thanks so much for having me on. I really oh, appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we appreciate Great you, Evelyn. Great to have you on. Uh, Thank you so much. And we Evelyn. forgive you for Hillsong. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. I hope my son is gay. And I hope that Jesus forgives him just like he does the rest of us. <laughs> Doug Wilson, Moscow minister and columnist with the Idahonian Daily News. The, the question that confronts us is what does it mean in a disobedient culture to be prophetic. There be a place for same-sex couples? Uh, no, no marriage. Even though it's the law of the land in the United States? Uh, just like Roe used to be. We want to turn the world upside down, and you don't turn the world upside down by being nice. I believe that we are in, in this polytheistic, pluralistic moment, and the desperate need of the hour is for our Christian leadership to say, Jesus is Lord, and there is no other. Fear no man.